This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. All right, since it's not hour number two, first hour we talked a little baseball. We'll come back to some baseball next hour. Right now, let's talk some football. For that, we want to know what's going on with the Jets. We turn to the dean of the Jet reporters. He is Ritzamini. You can read him always on ESPN.com, and you can follow him. He is a great follow on Twitter, at Ritzamini. And, of course, on the ESPN app with the flight deck. Rich, how are you, my friend? Great, Larry. Good talking to you. Uh, excited for another Jet. Let's see what they can uh, build on last week's win uh, on Sunday against Miami. Big uh, divisional game. And that's why I wanted to start, Rich. The way they played, especially at the end, in the fourth quarter, with the way Zach Wilson performed, everybody's just, oh, this is great. This is what Zach Wilson can do. How do you package that, Rich? How, how do they go about taking that same thing and building on it with the issues that you have with the offensive line? Well, Zach was under a lot of pressure on Sunday in Pittsburgh. I, I think he was hit six or seven times, and I think there were about 20 pressures. Miraculously, miraculously, he was only sacked once, which I think he deserves a lot of credit for because he did a great job of avoiding the rush. There was a couple of plays where he just – it was like a Houdini act, how he escaped. So kudos to him for that. But, yeah, the offensive line is – I think it's just going to be this way for a while. There's just a lot of moving parts. And, you know, they had to fix it, you know, slap it together last week. And, of course, Elijah Vera Tucker, much to the surprise of, of those following the team closely, started at left tackle and did, a, I, I thought, a, a really good job. So I guess you never know what they might come out with on the offensive line. <laughs> now, I saw from one of your tweets today that Dwayne Brown was able to be on the practice field. Could, do we expect him this early or no? I think there's a really good chance, Larry. Uh, okay. I think tomorrow will be a key day because they're going to be in pads tomorrow. And he's coming off that shoulder injury, which he admitted today to us that, you know, doctors told him, that surgery is something you might want to consider. And he goes, no, I want to try to play through this. So we know that there's significant damage in that shoulder. And so he's going to test it tomorrow in a padded practice. And if, if it goes well, which I think it probably will, I think you'll see him out there on Sunday. Okay. That, that, that would be uh, at least one of the offensive linemen that Joe Douglas assigned. Will they be able to make it back onto the field? Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's had, it, it's, Rich, it's been amazing. It's, amazing. He, it's unbelievable. He just yeah, can't get say, any luck with offensive linemen. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, they got four guys down, you know, Beckton to Fant to Brown, and then Max Mitchell gets hurt on Sunday. Mitchell won't play this week. Um, the good news is that he's not out for the year. The Jets definitely expect to get him back in a few weeks. I, I could see him going on IR, a four-game wow. four stint on IR. You know, they could do that move on Saturday. And so, uh, yeah, it's been incredible. Like, just the injuries, it seems like every year the injuries hit at one position, and this year the position ha happens to be offensive tackle. Rich, how important is this game for the Jets? It's Miami now without uh, Tua as just started. You got Teddy Bridgewater. But this begins, and I know Denver is not playing well, but this begins a very tough stretch of the schedule for this team. Yeah, but the way I look at it, I mean, I think they just got through a pretty tough stretch. I, I think it's important because of two factors. Uh, one, 
they've been terrible in the AFC East the last two years. Everybody knows they've lost 12 straight games in the division. That is the longest active losing streak in the NFL right now for divisional games. And I can tell you it's not even close for seconds. So, you know, 12 games, you know, basically you got shut out two years in a row in your division. That, and I'm stating the obvious here, if you ever want to be a playoff team, obviously you have to win games in your division. So that's number one. And, and number two, they've been bad at home this year. You know, they yeah. had two, you know, abysmal offensive performances at home with Baltimore and Cincinnati. They've scored one offensive touchdown in two games at home, and that was the garbage-time touchdown to Conklin at the end of the Baltimore game, which no one really even cared about at that point. So, yeah, I mean, for the divisional situation, for the home situation, I think it's a very important game for the Jets. Let's go to the defensive side of the football, Rich. I'm going to come back to the offensive side in a second. But uh, I thought from a pass rush perspective, this was clearly the best game that this, this the Jets played uh, this season. But take me through this one thing that really baffles me, and maybe you can help me out with it. Uh, I'll try. There seems, there seems to be a couple of occasions. I don't remember it happening last week. But there's been a couple of occasions, Rich, in the first three games where Gardner released his his uh, player, the player, the receiver he was assigned to, and they've scored untouched. <laughs> untouched, three straight games. He released them. You can see him switch off, say, no, I'll take him, you take that receiver, and he scores untouched. It's that type of communication. And obviously the, 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 the bad plays that you've had by the veterans last week you know, the the, uh, the late hit from Lawson and, and uh, you know, Mosley's play late. You know, these are things that, Rich, when, you, when you're a young team, kind of a young team, uh, you can't have these mistakes on defense. It keeps you on the field, and that's, nothing, that's what you don't want. Right. Uh, they did improve last week uh, on the communication issues. There were no uh, glaring busted coverages that resulted in touchdowns which uh, happened in the first three games, and you alluded to. Um, Sauk was involved in those. I think LaMarcus Joyner was involved mm-hmm. in a couple of those. This week against Pittsburgh, they were pretty smooth uh, in terms of uh, communication, and so they improved in that area. The penalties continue to be a problem. You, you outlined a couple of them right there. The Jets are, uh, you know, they're roughing the passer penalties. They had six last year, and I think they were tied for first in the league last year, or, or they were pretty high up there last year. And it seems like, you know, they already have a couple this year, and it's tied for first in the league for the most. And so that it's just a continuing trend that just has to get fixed. And it didn't cost them last week, but it will. It, it will eventually if they continue to do it. And the, the crazy thing is it's not really the rookies. It's, it's the veteran guys who's supposed to know better. I mean, you don't see, although Michael Clemens did have a, a penalty this week, a, a rough, uh, I think it was a roughing call. So, you know, except for that, it's been mostly the veterans and they have to clean that up because they're going to be in a tight game in the fourth quarter. And one of those penalties will bite them. Rich, uh, I'm real curious about Quentin Williams and Jeff Albrecht. Uh, that was an interesting yeah. situation last week. I think Williams responded on the field very well this week, said all the right things in the postgame. Uh, Rich, is this something we need to keep an eye on between these two? Yes and no. Okay. 
I was there, obviously, when Jeff Ulbricht made that comment. And uh, was he deliberately taking a shot at Quinnen? Absolutely not. There's, that is just not in his makeup. I mean, Jeff Ulbricht doesn't criticize players, and he certainly wouldn't criticize his best player. You know, I think people got a little misconstrued because of that clip that went out on Twitter. You know, he spent most of the press conference actually praising Quinnen. And then he made, but it was an unfortunate comment that he made. I think he put his foot in his mouth and made the comment about, you know, I look over and there's Quinnen gasping for air. He was trying to, he was trying to be, he got, he was using a, an exaggeration to prove a point about the, why they like the defensive line rotation, hmm. you know, so I don't think he meant any harm by it. However, now that's a big however here. I could understand how Quinnen would be upset by that. I mean, here's a guy who, by all accounts, comes into camp in the best shape of his life. The coaches have said that on numerous occasions. And all of a sudden, he goes to his phone and he sees this video flying around the phone, you know, around around Twitter of the coach saying, hey, Quinnen's gasping for air. So I think he was upset. I think other players in the locker room were upset for him about it. So... Quinnen, like you said, Larry, he took the high road. He said everything's cool with him and Ulbricht, and I do believe that. But I do believe that other players took note of that, and I wonder if that has a residual effect. That's the voice of Rich Cimini. He covers the Jets for us and ESPN.com. It's hard to see him for Dan Grasso on 98.7 ESPN. A couple more for you, Rich, before I let you go and get ready for your heavy Thursday tomorrow. Out at, uh, maybe, <laughs> and maybe no rain tomorrow, Rich. How about that? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, they were inside today. I can't remember the last time I watched a practice indoors. Uh, they've Ooh. been uh, been outdoors. Wow, that's uh, yeah. I remember that facility. Um, yeah. So, Rich, let's go back to the offensive side. I thought one of the keys for the Jets this week was Lafleur stuck with the run a little bit longer than he had for the first couple of games of the season, and I think that was a difference. Yeah, much better uh, balance on offense. Made a concerted effort. To, to be that way, you saw a good mix of Michael Carter and Brees Hall. Brees Hall eventually scoring the winning touchdown, which was a, a really – I mean, he he did, you know, had that scary fumble there for a second. But, if you know, if you study the replay, I thought he did a great job. He got a hit at the three-yard line and just because of his uh, power was able to get over the goal line. So that was a really good run. And, uh, you know, Pittsburgh's run defense was highly suspect going in, so I know the Jets' game plan was to attack that. And I thought they did a good job of that. I think Zach Wilson's mobility, you saw some RPOs that he was running. I think those RPOs really opened, they opened things up, you know, for other players, especially in the running game. When you have that threat of a quarterback who can tuck it and, and just keep it himself or pitch it or do, you know, it just is a lot of different options. It creates uh, a moment of hesitation for the defense. So I think Zach Wilson's presence had an impact on that. Now I'm curious to see, I mean, he's got an ankle injury now, Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, he showed up on the injury report today. He was limited in practice. He was not present at practice during the first 30 minutes where the media watches. So, you know, I, I'm certain he's going to play. He's going to play on Sunday. But will he be affected by the ankle? Will his mobility be affected by it? You know, obviously I don't have that answer right now. We'll have to wait till Sunday. Last thing, Rich. Uh, talk about the challenge for this Jets secondary this week. I mean, I know it's not Tua, but I know it's Bridgewater, but still, Tyreek Hill, Waddle, the, the list goes on and on with, with this offense by, by Miami. 
Yeah. I mean, they are like Sala used a phrase the other day, he called them a four by 100 relay team. They, they have just, I, I don't have a stat to back it up or anything, but they, they have to be the fastest group of skill position players in the league. Waddle and, and Hill are just, are just so explosive. Now I'm really curious to see how the Jets coaches play this. You know, the Jets are, you know, they like to play some man coverage. They're about a 50, 50 team with man and zone. Uh, but do they, but do they switch to more, you know, too high safety in this game? That's what a lot of teams are doing around the league, especially against the Dolphins, because those two receivers are so explosive that you want to you want to keep two safeties back there just to prevent the explosive plays. So I'm really curious to see how the Jets play it. You know, I'd love them to put Sauce Gardner and man-to-man on Tyreek Hill. I think that mm-hmm. would be a matchup you'd want to pay, pay to see, you know, the high draft pick against, Right now, the leading receiver in the NFL. That would be really cool to watch. There'll probably be some occasions where they're matched against each other, but I think you're going to see a heavy dose of zone from the Jets. All right, so I know you always give your prediction, but what else can we find on the flight deck with you this week? Well, we're just kind of taking stock of the team. You know, at 2-2, two and two, it's actually their best start since 2017, believe wow. it or not. So, um is it for real? You know, are the Jets for real? That's, that's kind of the question we tackle. We get into Zach's performance a little bit. Has he turned the corner? So we, we get into some pretty good breakdown in this week's Flight Deck. All right. And once again, you can check it out on the ESPN New York app, the Flight Deck. Rich does a great job with it, as he does reporting on the Jets. Rich, have a good game Sunday, my friend. We'll talk soon. All right, Larry. Have a good one. Thanks. Right, you too. Rich Samini. When we return, we'll get your thoughts on what Samini had to say. Give me your thoughts about how the Jets are going to do against Miami today. Uh, You heard what Rich had to say. This is a very important game. They need to win a game in their division. It would be nice. (laughs) It would be nice. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardish to ESPN, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. We'll talk to you next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Tamini had a lot to say, including the Dwayne Brown possibility of getting uh, an offensive lineman back that you really wanted to, you know, use. So that was good news. So we'll get your thoughts. Jets, Dolphins on Sunday. What do you think? 1-800-919-3776. Ira is in Staten Island. Ari, you're next on 98.7. How are you, my friend? Uh, all good, all good. Nice to hear Rich, and nice to hear you doing the show. And, yeah, looking forward to Sunday. Uh, you know, 2-2 two and two after the first quarter. Um, you know what? Before Wilson got hurt against the Eagles in preseason, uh, I thought they could possibly get to 2-2. Two and two, And even with the quarterback shuffle and the offensive line mess and some head coaching and uh, coaching staff uh, head scratches, they, they got to 2-2. Two and two. So that's a plus. Now you gotta, now you gotta build on it. You gotta come home, like Rich said. You gotta, for, for crying out loud, you you gotta win a division game. You gotta put, you gotta start stacking wins together. I don't expect them to go nine, ten wins, but it would sure be nice. You know, how about you know, you, you win in Pittsburgh. I know that you know with Trubisky and with Pickett, I get that. But how about coming and beating a quality team now like the Dolphins, and and, and giving the home fans a, a good feeling walking out of there at three and two. I agree. I agree. So how do you think they do that? How could they, how, well, how I, could they make this happen? Well, I think, number one, I think offensively, like you and Rich hit on, I, I think it was a lot more balanced. But I think it was balanced because the Jets jumped up with a lead. 
and they very rarely uh, play with a lead. I think LaFleur, like all of a sudden, if the Jets are down 10 nothing, I think he panics and, and he throws the game, you know, the game plan with running the ball out the window and he starts throwing the ball all over the field. But I think he, he's got to stick with the, the running game. You know, Hall's a stud. He's going to be a stud. Mm-hmm. And Carter's a really good back. So you've you got to get that going. Defensively, uh, Salah probably will play zone. Um, you know, I'm like no skin off of my back. I wouldn't. What I would right. do, I, I like physical football, and I know what you're up against with Waddle and Hill, but if you play zone, they're going to find an open spot, and they're going to get carved up. I think you've got to get up on the line, and I think you could, you've got to try to physical these receivers as much as the rest will allow you to and try to just disrupt their, their timing on their routes because if you lay back, you know, it's, I, I think they're going to find the open spot. And we're not even talking about Giuseppe, the tight end, who's given no. the Jets fits for years. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they could have – I would play more man-to-man. I'd run the ball. And as for Wilson, he had a really great fourth quarter. There's no doubt about it. But he still – and I know he likes to improvise and make plays and move with his legs. I get all of that. But this running backwards, it's got to yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah, you're right. you know, we've talked about it even through the summer. Yeah. I mean, you know, more times than not, that's going to get him into trouble, like when he threw that ball up for grabs right before the half. So, you know, right. if, he, if he stands in the pocket, gets the ball out of his hands quickly, if they roll him out a little and find a guy, that's fine. But once he starts backpedaling, chances are there's bad stuff's going to happen out of that. I agree with you, Ira, a thousand percent. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Always good hearing from you. It's it's very simple. They're going to have to mix it up defensively. They can't just stay in zone. They can't just stay in man. They're going to have to mix it up. They're going to have to blitz sometime. But the bottom line is that front has got to get to Bridgewater. They just do. Okay, they do. And they have to get off the field on third down. When you uh, stop them, get off the field. And, yes, on the offensive side, Let's take a page out of the old Jet New England Patriot days when Tom Brady was patrolling the sidelines and calling signals for the Pats. What did we always say? The best defense sometimes is a great offense. Run the ball, eat the clock, let Bridgewater and Hill and Waddle be on the sideline, but mix it up. You know, you're not going to just run it. I understand because you got to score. But once again, I like the way they've used the tight end. Okay, I've, I've liked the way they've used Conklin. I need him to hold on to the ball a little bit more, but I like what he's been able to do. Okay, uh, so they've used the tight end. Corey Davis was big last week. You know, Gary Wilson is, is, uh, is, is getting better and better and more of a weapon every week. Okay, so, they, you know, they, they've, they've, got some, they've got some weapons. So they need to show what they can do. Mike's in the car. What's up, Mike? Hey, Larry, how you doing, man? Great, man. What's up? Oh, so Sunday, it's, it's, I know you're, you're a Jets fan. I'm, I'm watching the game, and I'm thinking, all right, we're, we're doing okay for once. We have a lead. And then after that pick at the end of the half, I said, here it goes. And then Pickett comes in, and then you saw all the momentum swing. I don't know if you recall, there was this one throw that Pickett threw in the third where he got nailed. By I think Quentin it was Williams. by Lawson. No, Quentin it Williams. Quentin, no. okay. Yeah. It was Quentin. He got rocked. Mm-hmm. And he, he completed it to like the three, and I said, well, "When is this? When is the tide going to turn over here?" Right? But to, you know, dare I say it? Good teams figure out a way to win, and I'm not saying we're there yet. But mm-hmm. you know, Rich Rich mentioned 
the first two and two seasons in 17. And I haven't seen them make a comeback in, I don't know the last time they made a comeback, when maybe in 15 when we had Fitzpatrick. Right. Besides that, this is the first time I've seen the Jets make a comeback and actually win. I think we've got a lot of really good young talent. I think they're growing up in front of us every week. And the last thing I'll say as far as offense is I think the reason why we started throwing the ball well is because we actually resemble a running game. We need to get the whole line healthy. Hopefully Brown comes back. And I need the D-line to step up a little bit. I need them to be a little more disciplined, and I need them to get, uh, get a little more pressure. Uh, and, yeah, I, I love the coverage in the backfield. Love to hear your thoughts. All right, Mike, thanks for the phone call. Now, give them some credit. I know that people are like, well, it's a miracle, and, you know, they, they should have lost it. But they came from behind and beat Cleveland just a couple of weeks ago. So give them that win as well. And um, I'm not a Jet fan. I just covered the team so long. People think I'm a fan because I've been around them for, like, decades. <laughs> Did sidelines, covered them – you know, in the trenches with them uh, for many, many years. So I'm not a Jets fan, but, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of what they've been able to do over the years. There's no question about that. 1-800-919-3776. We'll continue to take your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Let's head out to Tom's River. Talk to Justin on 98.7. ESPN. Hey, Justin. Hey, Larry. Thank you for taking my call. You know, it's finally nice to actually have good things to talk about the Jets. You know, um, for a long time, the Jets have just been lacking talent. This organization has had no direction, but I think finally Joe Douglas has put some pieces in this organization, but this, you know, the Jets can actually start going in the right direction. You know, I totally agree with Ira. You know, I did not like Samini saying that the Jets are going to play a lot of zone. I, I totally agree. I think the Jets really need to um, – press up on the receivers and it hit them within five yards. I mean, Waddle and um, Tyreek Hill are guys about speed and you got to totally take them off their routes and, 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 you know, interrupt that passing game. But I think the Jets' biggest problem is lack of a pass rush, which they started to do a little bit better last week in getting to the quarterback and, and making uh, Bridgewater uncomfortable. And the Jets really need to get better on first down and getting off the field on third down, you know. Jets offense has not really been well, have been, you know, been doing well on first down, nope. and they're just not getting off the field. A lot of times they've had, you know, third and long, and they allowed the offense to stay on the field, you know. And I would really like to see, you know, I don't know why nobody's really talking about it. Elijah Moore has really not been involved with the offense, yeah. and, C, and uh, the, the new tight end CJ, I can't pronounce his Z- last name, is totally Zama. have not been involved in this offense. Uh-huh. And I would like to see them. Well, I hear that, Justin. Thanks for the phone call. Uzama's been hurt, so I think he came back last week for a little bit. Part of it is, to be fair, with the way the offensive line's gone, they've had to keep a tight end in to help block, you know, especially when um, Joe Flacco was behind center. So you had to do that. Uh, I hear what you're saying about Elijah Moore, and I neglected to mention him before. He's another person. You're right. They need to get him involved as well, and I think they will. And this is going to be a process over the weeks. And that's what that's what I'm curious to see is how this jet offense grows, how it grows, how Zach Wilson grows, how he understands and moves people along with his eyes and starts to the positive things he did last week. He spread the football around seven different people got receptions. That's a good thing. Okay, he's not targeting one person. So that's a positive. So I think what you want is to see him build on that this week at home. It's a winnable game for you now. 
Okay, uh, you have to, but your defense is going to have to be, as you as you guys mentioned, your defense going to have to be solid. You can't have the the self inflicted wounds. You can't have the dumb penalties. And for me, please maintain your lanes. Contain, okay? Because Bridgewater is very good. He'll fake one way, go the other way, and that was hard. You the Jets didn't stop that against Cleveland at all. Brissett did that time after time after time. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I was watching the Giant game a little bit last week uh, because they were playing at the same time. So I take the Giant game and sped through it real quick. I mean, and, and Daniel Jones did that to, to Chicago, and they never stopped it. So just like you got to maintain, you got to contain and maintain your edges defensively. You just have to. Lee's in Brooklyn. What's up, Lee? Hey, Lee. Hey, Larry. How you doing tonight? Can Great. you hear me? I got you. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, we're talking about the Jets as far as uh, playing Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as ranking, i like you to tell me what, you know, as far as quarterback ranking. But um, Jets, they're pretty much, uh, you know, a good team. Again, they, they come out, they, uh, they, they play the game. Um, they don't give you a perfect game. No team does. And I just think that they're not the team that's being picked to go to the Super Bowl. But they do go out and play well, and they do give a good effort to play. Now you got other teams that they are going to play. They don't have two of this week. They have Bridgewater. I think he was talking about. I think that's what the mm-hmm. Miami Dolphins are going with. Yes. But um, at the same time, uh, Miami has a good team as well. It's just yeah. not two. I don't go. I don't. I don't pick teams according to a quarterback being a good team. Uh, teams have to be both good on defense and offense. And, again, when I was growing up as well, the best play on the field was always the wide receivers mm-hmm. or the basically the person that was defending the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, But at the end of the day, uh, we see that the Jets, again, I'm not looking forward to them winning and going to the playoffs and doing that, all that other stuff. I just basically think that they have a good team. The organization has put together – um, some, something that looks more solid than it has over the past few years. And basically we're seeing just a team that's going out and giving their best. And at the same time, there's other teams that's just more superior or just better than the Jets. Well, here's so, where um, I'll agree I with you, Lee. That, here's where I'll agree with you, and thanks for the phone call, is that you're now seeing a Jet team that finally has some talent in different positions that are key to a football team. Okay, you're finally seeing them have some depth at receiver to the point that, as the previous callers, a couple of callers mentioned, we haven't heard from Elijah Moore, who was, you know, the guy on this team, right? Uh, because of Gary Wilson, because of Corey Davis, because of, uh, you know, other, other receivers who have, who have, you know, played well. So you've got some depth. You're running the ball a little better. Okay, so we'll see. The... I'm not ready, Lee, to say they're a good team yet. I need them to string some wins together first. Okay? And then I want to say, as far as ranking Zach Wilson, I can't rank him. He hasn't played enough. I mean, this last week was his first game this year. Was he played? 12, 13, 14 games in his career in two years? He hasn't been available. So hopefully he can stay healthy enough to perform, and then we can kind of get a gauge on what he is, what he does well, what he doesn't do, what he needs to work on in that situation. So I can't really rank him yet. Uh, Mohammed's in Long Island. What's up, Mohammed? 
What's going on, Larry? Love it. Love the show. Love every time you uh, you fill in for a guy on all the shows. I love it. Um, Appreciate you. I just wanted to ask. I wanted to ask. You know, the Jets. I'm a Jets fan since I'm 12. I'm 34 now. I just wanted to know. You know, all the questions. We got a lot of questions surrounding the quarterback. Our receivers look great, and I had wished. I got to give credit to the GM for uh, for grabbing Wilson. Even though I wish we had took Neil, I still kind of sad about it. But when you look at Wilson, you're like, wow. So I wonder. With the coach of the Giants looking so great as he does or in, through these first three or four weeks, mm-hmm. do we have questions about Robert Sala? Is, can Sala, is Sala – are we as confident in Sala as we are in the coach of the Giants? That's really what I'm asking. I know we have questions about the quarterback, but I really want to know, like, just give me an, your, your analysis of Sala through this first season and a quarter. Thanks for We're taking le- All right, Mohammed. thanks for the phone call and the kind words. We're still learning about Sala. Okay, we're still learning about him. Uh, this is a big year for him. And I will tell you, Muhammad, that that win last week for the Jets was a huge win, not only because it's a big difference between two and two and one and three, but it came off a week about, we're talking about receipts, we're talking about all the things off the field. And then we come off with, the, the as you heard Rich and I talk about the Jeff Ulbricht situation, and how it kind of could be inferred that he was saying that Quentin Williams was not in shape and so on and so forth. So there were a lot of off-field distractions where you would wonder, is Salah losing grips with this team? And if they had gone one in three, I don't know. what There'd be a totally different narrative for this week. Totally different. Okay? But they won the game. They had the lead, which was impressive. They lost the lead, but they got it back. All right? So... The question's going to be, and this is what coaching does, right? How do they, do they continue to make the same bonehead plays? Do they continue to make the same mistakes? Do they continue to uh, be slow in making adjustments to what other teams take away from them or what they have to take away from other teams? These are all the things. How are they prepared? How do they come out of, how do they start a game? How do they come out of the locker room at halftime to play in the second half? These are all measures of how a team is coached, okay? Because your team takes on the identity of your head coach. So we're still learning about Robert Sala. And uh, this stretch and this season will tell us a lot because if Zach Wilson doesn't pan out, if the team does not win X amount of games, Muhammad, I don't know if Robert Sala is going to be back. I just don't. You don't see – head coaches do not get a lot of time to turn things around in the National Football League anymore. They just don't. Join ESPN New York at the Ultimate Jet Tailgate located at Lot G before the Jets take on the Miami Dolphins with all your favorite 98.7 ESPN hosts. We'll have tailgate games, prize giveaways, and live music from Randy Zoo. It's the Ultimate ESPN New York Jets Tailgate Party! And it's brought to you by Guinness, Pepsi, and 98.7 ESPN. We'll continue to take your calls. Pat Ragaz at the top of the hour on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Right now we're talking Dolphins Jets with you. Talk to Chris in Manhattan. Chris, you're next on 98.7. Hey, good evening, Larry. How's everything? Thank you for taking my call. Chris. How are you? No problem. Good, good, good. Good. I'm catching you early tonight, man. I'm glad I saw your tweet. (laughs) <laughs> um, the first, first thing I wanted to ask you, if you can hear me, um, mm-hmm. is, um, your opinion 
of, uh, well, first, the availability of Xavier Howard. Um, I've, and I think the last time we spoke, we were talking about um, him having a groin issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he's, gonna, if he's not available for Sunday, then that means uh, both him and Byron Jones uh, will be out. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects the uh, Miami defense not only in the coverage that they play on the back end, but, you know, how much they want to blitz. Uh, that that will be very interesting. Uh, on the flip side, Sauce, DJ Reed, mm-hmm. Waddle, you know, these, these, these are going to, those are going to be some, those are going to be some very nice matchups uh, uh, to see in the, uh, in the jet, in, in jets uh, secondary. But, um, you got to get to Bridgewater. Um, yep. You you would you would figure that the quarterback play, you know, is I mean, especially from a backup perspective, is going to be better than what you saw from possibly Pittsburgh. Or, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is, is is pretty solid. You got to beat him up. You also got to confuse him. You got yep. you got to hurry. You know, hurry up his clock. Uh, everything that uh, everyone said tonight about the running game. I mean. Between Brees Hall and Michael Carter, if you're getting 25 to 30 touches, whether it's you know, um, you know, run or you know, at a, you know, screen passes. I mean, and let me ask you a question because mm-hmm. I happen to see a, a cut up of Zach Wilson's passing plays, and Ira was definitely correct about you know that drifting backwards thing and yeah. sometimes spinning out. But for me, it just seemed like watching just the passing plays, it's like there were so many – I don't want to say so many. There were times where I just kept thinking, throw the ball. Yeah, yep. You know, or, or like he's not – like it, it seems like it should come out a little faster. Now, again, I'm not really alarmed because this is, this is the first time I'm seeing it. But yeah. going into the Miami game – this is why I'm harping on the Xavier Howard thing. Well, here's Might a couple of things, to... Chris. Here's a couple mm-hmm. of things. Hold your thought for a second. Here's a couple of things. Um, I think it's hard to see when it's because you don't have the coach's film where, yep. you're, where you're behind Wilson so you can see what he sees. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say that on some of these, I think here's probably what happened. On some of them, he's he's not he's waiting for guys to be open, open, okay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and and he'll get to the point. Hopefully, he'll be on the field enough and get the experience where he'll be to the point that you throw receivers open. You can't always wait for them to get open. And and what you consider open, you know, is, is you know you have to go back. What 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 was open to BYU, you will never see unless you, what you saw with Corey Davis against Cleveland, where it was a blown assignment. That's open when you when you're at BYU. You never see that in the NFL except for those instances. So that's number one. Number two is, you know, I don't know that some of these guys are getting separation. And I also don't know if he's if he's really seeing the field well, that he's waiting for defenders and trying to wait to see what defenders are doing. There's a lot going on in his mind for the first game. I think he should be better this game than he was last game as far as identifying what's what, who's playing where, where his receivers are, and so on and so forth. So I think those are some of the things. But I do agree with you is that you sit there, you're like, okay, can you throw the ball already? Even, or throw it away and let's, let's you know, come back another down because 
there's people coming around you and you're going to go backwards and instead of it being third and five, it's going to end up being third and 15. You know what I'm saying, Chris? Thanks for the phone call. So, you know, that that's what you're that's what you worry about when you watch him. All right. And that's why I think because the West Coast offense is not supposed to be like that. And I think that's the other thing that's that's driving you nuts, Chris, is is the West Coast offense is okay, there's two reads. Either he's open or he's not. He's not open. You go to your second read, boom, let's go. And that's not what he does. So uh, I think he'll be a little better this week. I think he'll be a little calmer this week. I am very curious to see. And I'll try to dig up the injury list for you, Chris, before we leave the airways tonight and see what the latest is with availability on Howard and company. But uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this Jets secondary is going to hold up because this is going to be quite an experience for them. Okay, especially if the line cannot consistently get a good pass rush on Teddy Bridgewater, who is a very capable backup quarterback who can hurt you. He can throw the pick on you now, but he will hurt you if you give him time. Richardson, Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Larry, a couple things. First thing, I'm, you know, interested in some of these things coming up. Cooper Rush. This guy keeps winning. How are you going to bring in Dak Prescott? Right? He uh, looks like more than a game manager to me. Yeah, I know, but, but it's, it's Dak Prescott's team. They're paying them the money. They'll, they'll bring him in. He keeps winning, Larry? If yes, this guy bring wins him. his next three, four games, how do you take him out? Very simply. In the NFL, you don't lose your job because of injury. Really? I don't yeah. know, Larry. This guy's winning. Well, Tom Brady took out the uh, true Bledsoe, Bledsoe, right? He never got the job back. But anyway, mm-hmm. all right. Now, I'm really, it really, first of all, I don't like what the Yankees did. They didn't win 100 games, and I really thought that was a letdown. So I wish they would have won either yesterday or today just mm-hmm. to say they had a complete season. But uh, 99 yeah. is okay, but not, yeah, not so, what listen, I Listen, you're going to the postseason, Richard. Yeah, I know. So, it doesn't so matter. So that's it's the important thing. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Larry. Yes. Now, the Mets have won three straight. Yeah. If you beat San Diego two straight, and I like what you were saying about all that's intriguing too. I'm real. That brings. I love this stuff where you got to think about what's going to. I love it. So if they start uh, Scherzer and then maybe go with Bassett in game two, mm-hmm. hey, that's good. I like it. I like to hear anything where you know it's not what you think it's going to be. I love that kind of stuff. So, but let's say the, Yan- uh, the Mets beat. San Diego two straight. Now yes. we're going five straight games. Going to go play the Dodgers, right? We play the Dodgers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, I'll tell you what. That's not a bad deal. I, I don't, you know, five straight going into any series is pretty good. Now, Larry, it is absolutely. Uh, one absolutely. more thing, Larry. Yes. One more. I think Major League Baseball got this wrong. Okay. You got all five of these seeded teams: Atlanta, Dodgers, Yankees, and Houston. Five mm-hmm. days off. I don't think that's an advantage. I really don't. After yeah. three, it becomes disadvantage. Disadvantage, because you're too much. You're resting too much. Look what the Yankees had three days off from the uh, All Star break. They came out and played Houston and got swept. Mm-hmm. Now you can say the other way. Houston was rested three days and they did this week. But still, I think that's too many days off. Uh, I heard this before you got before you got on, Larry. Uh, uh-huh. um, La and uh, uh, Dan Grasso. Uh, uh, they were questioning it. They were saying, "Was it?" So even the fact that people are thinking that this isn't a good thing means it's not a good thing. Now, I know baseball, Major League Baseball, had their hearts in the right place thinking mm-hmm. that the extra rest is an advantage. I don't think so, and we'll see. I'm really interested if 
one of the do you think I think one of the four could fall, and if one does fall, you know it's not really good because these four should breeze into their you know into their finals of you know the uh, the uh, the divi- not the division but the uh, league finals right because they had league the best record all year you know yeah. Larry they. I hear what you're saying, but remember, yeah. Richard, and thanks for yeah. the phone call, the reason they put that in was to have some kind of incentive for you to win your division, that there was something. Okay, you get to buy the first week. That, that's what you do. We're adding more teams. Okay, we're adding more teams, which means more teams, more cities will be involved longer. You have the opportunity to hang in there. That's a great thing. Oh, we got Apple Plus, and we got Prime Video, and we're adding all these different things, and that's incentive to keep more fans involved and so on and so forth. So you win your division, guess what? home you get home field and you are off we'll find out i think what you're going to find out richard is it's going to vary from team to team okay it's going to vary from team to team whether how it how it's good if it's a good thing or a bad thing i don't think it's going to be a blank a blanket idea to figure that out when we return in hour number three of the dan grosser show we'll turn our attention to some baseball we'll talk to pat ragazzo He, of course, is SI's baseball person. He will give us his thoughts on the upcoming division series, and we'll ask him, is rest or rust? What will it be? That's next on 98.7 ESPN New York.